This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Oh yeah, time for another exciting edition of At The Turn. Episode 37 is underway. We got a big one for you. The Players' Championship. Rory fights off Old Man Furyk. I played a little golf. I have an experience I want to run by Nick and get his take on it. Nick, you want to talk about a true spec-fitting experience? I don't know what that means. Well, you're going to find out. Oh, yeah. And we're also going to get a bets update. Maybe I have some money left. I've been taking some big swings that have not been hitting recently. So we'll have to see how I'm doing there. I think our bets update is going to be fun because, uh, Joe, I didn't have time to update our my little like chaotic spreadsheet that I have going on that's a mess. So I'm literally going to try to update it during our segment. So um, I think I think that'll be either entertaining or awful. But it'll be at the end, so if it's awful, you can just turn it off. Exactly. Bet's always at the end of the pod, and that way, if you just have had enough, we understand. Please, yeah. be on your way. Yeah. Nicholas, I played some golf. The weather was good enough in Oregon last weekend for me to play a little golf. And it was the first round that I played being able to putt on a green with the flag stick in. Was was that any different than normal? I, I mean, has has the rule of taking the flag stick out really ever made you take it out before, like in just a casual round? Nick, we've played golf together. How often do I leave the flag in on short putts? Yeah, but I don't know. Never. But, <laughs> yeah, but, never. <laughs> but is that because? I mean, yeah, okay, fine. But if you're just playing around by yourself, I mean. I take it out if I don't want it in, but I've never taken it out because I didn't want to <laughs> incur a penalty. <laughs> no, I, I like to follow the rule of taking the oh. flag stick out. I do. Look, if I have a 15 foot putt for birdie and I leave the flag in and I make it, it's like, okay, that was a birdie, but I also just kind of cheated. So I don't feel great about it. 
No way. If uh, you know you're trying to get an afternoon round in, and and you know you got dinner waiting for you that that's not going to be moved. You know you got to get home by a certain time. You don't have time to be walking 30 extra feet, pull that flag stick. So well, anyways, fortunately, so you legally, you legally left the flag stick in, Joe. How did that feel? So before I had done this, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, as soon as this new rule went into place, gets all hot and bothered, goes into the lab, and decides leaving the flag stick in is going to benefit you 99% of the time. And, you know, I thought that was ridiculous. I thought it was, I just thought Bryson was getting in his own head. Didn't make any sense to me. So I went out last weekend and I decided to leave the flag stick in in situations where I usually wouldn't. Like five foot putts, I left the flag in. And I have to tell you, I am almost nearly converted to leaving the flag stick in the entire time I play a golf hole. Oh, we're it made, call you Adam Scott. Dude, it, it made so much difference. Like really? there were a couple of putts that probably would have had a little too much smoke on them because I mean, the weather was nice enough, but we're still talking 40 degrees. So the greens are a little <laughs> bumpy and to get it to the hole, you really had to take a whack at it. And there were a couple that I hit dead on line and it appeared the flag stick took just enough off of the ball to where it dropped and I made a putt that I, normally would not have. I just feel like if the ball is traveling with enough speed to make contact with the flagstick and not go in the hole, then if the flag was out, the ball probably would have lipped out because there was too much speed on it. That's my takeaway. I think yeah. it's going to benefit you in nearly every situation. Yeah, uh, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't think it was going to make that much of a difference. Um, how many other people were you playing with? I just played with one buddy. Just one buddy. So this is the thing that people are saying. And in my office, um, people are afraid for tournaments that, that we're going to be hosting at the New England PGA because now that you can leave the flag stick in, people are concerned that somebody's going to take it out, hit their 50-foot putt, then the, then the other person who's got a 40-foot putt is going to walk over, put it back in, mm. walk back, hit their putt, then the person who's got a six-footer left is going to go pull it, hit their putt, and the person who's got a three-footer is going to put it back in and hit their putt. They're thinking it's going to take way longer. And I, I want to just, my initial reaction is that's, that's being a little over the top. I'm sure people can decide amongst themselves, you know, have the etiquette to say, hey, leave it in, I'll putt, and then we can pull it if their putts are of similar distance. I know there's some circumstances where if somebody's got a line they can give you, you might not want to, um, you know, let them putt first or, or whatnot. But um, I couldn't really see that being much of a problem, but that's what people are afraid of. So did you notice that playing with the putting with the flag stick in slowed your round down at all? No, it definitely made it go faster, but this was the complete opposite of tournament play. Right. It was just a couple of jokers different. out there. Yeah. And to your point and what folks are talking about in your office, I don't see that being an issue other than maybe the first couple of holes. Because once you get into the rhythm of a round, you kind of know your playing partner's idiosyncrasies. So I think at that point you would know, okay, Jake likes to leave the flag stick in, but Mark likes to take it out. So you can kind of game plan around that and know who has to actually grab the flag because they're going to want to put it in or take it out. I just feel like you would develop a rhythm. Uh, I know slow play has been a theme and something that's been talked about a lot on the PGA Tour. I don't think this specifically is the cause of it. I don't think this rule 
is what's adding time. Or am I wrong? Have you seen that happening in pro golf yet? No, I haven't seen it, but that's what people are saying. And like you said, tournament rounds are different than rounds with your buddies because with your buddies, nobody cares what order you put in. Just do the right thing, you know, you know, expedite the process. But tournament rounds, and especially in the PGA Tour where there's big time money involved, um, they don't care about time. They just want to make the lowest score possible. And if it takes two extra minutes, who cares? So I, I haven't seen it um, firsthand be a problem, but people are talking about that potentially slowing things down where that rule was intended to speed things up. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, so I don't know, just, just, just a thought I, I would, I would point out. Did you take a drop? Uh-huh. I did not. <sighs> Joe, I you're tell you, hitting it straight for your first round of the year, huh? I actually hit the driver pretty well. I just couldn't make a putt. I got to be honest. I didn't have to take a drop with the thought that I would have to drop it from my knee as opposed to my shoulder, as is now the rule. It definitely would not have occurred to me. And I, I plan on playing it a couple uh, tournaments over the summer. I really hope someone else hits one in the water first because my reaction is not going to drop it at the knee. And what's going to be interesting about that is a lot of people are going to have to call penalties on themselves because if you see someone drop it at the shoulder and you know you – you probably need to tell them something. You probably need to say, hey, Joe, that, sorry, man. This, I, I don't mean to be this way, but that's a one-shot penalty. It happened to Ricky over the weekend, didn't it? It happened to Ricky a couple weeks ago. Um, the thing is, you can – so you, you have to drop from your knee, which I think is, is interesting because it would be one thing if they just gave the option to drop from your knee or your shoulder, but now you're required to drop from your knee. But if you take your first drop from your shoulder and then somebody says, hey, Joe, that's a penalty – you still get your second drop and you can pick it up, drop from your knee and that drop is legal and you can play that without penalty. See, I love that you have this new job now because you know stuff like that. You're so plugged in. Okay, so. I'm actually going to a rules seminar tomorrow. So I, I'm not yeah. like that brushed up on the rules, but you know, in 24 hours, you, you better believe I will be. <laughs> oh, Romy, Romy, I know you're listening. Watch out for Nick next time you play with him, baby. He is going to be calling you on everything. No, no shoulder height drops. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. Um, that, that would not have occurred to me, but um, I guess to put a button on it, when you go in, what, you're probably a few weeks away from playing golf in your neck of the woods anyway? Ooh, I'm hoping like two or less. Okay. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm curious to get your take on the flagstick being in or taking it out. I, I just did not expect that I would be a person that would like it in just because you've played golf a certain way for so long. But yeah, I think I'm going to stick with it at least for a little while. Yeah. And just to circle back to what I was saying earlier, I would say 95% of the rounds I played last summer were by myself. And out of 18 holes, I probably pulled the flag stick 16 or 17 holes. But if the flag was in the, if the pin was in the back and I was in the front of the green and I'm playing by myself and I'm just trying to cruise around the course, I would just, you know, hit that 45 footer with the flag stick in and then pull it for my, for my second putt. So it's not like I'm, I'm sitting there uh, banking it off the flag stick. Um, and that's how I've got my handicap so low. <laughs> I get it. Do you want to move on to the Players' Championship? Yeah, Joe. So while I was watching probably the best, most exciting golf tournament I've seen since maybe last year's PGA or since since Tiger won a tournament, um, you were nowhere near television set. Is that correct? Sadly, this is true. I did have a great day. Went out and did the Shamrock Run in beautiful Portland, Oregon. 
had some uh, some nice beers, partied pretty hardy. It was a it was a fun day, but I saw. If you're wondering why you're not getting this podcast on Sunday. That's yeah. also why. <laughs> this is why this is on a Tuesday. We needed a couple of days to get our minds right, get things <laughs> back in order. Uh, but no, I was kind of following the leaderboard a little bit on my phone, and I saw that Jim Furyk was tied for the lead. And I texted you and I said, "Am I missing the best golf tournament ever?" And you're like, "Furyk has a two footer, to take the clubhouse lead." So. Fortunately, I was just pulling into my house at that point. I ran in, turned on the TV. The first thing I see is Furyk make the two-footer. And fortunately, the bar that I went to, my buddy had his phone and he had the app up. So we were able to watch the last couple holes. But at that point, Rory had to kind of put the thing away. But you you were glued to the TV. So uh, take us through it. Yeah, I watched. Uh, when I turned it on, I would say the final group was on about the 11th hole. So there was like three, four, five guys tie you know there was probably eight guys within one stroke of the lead for at least an hour and a half there and um you know there was all sorts of bombs getting poured in on 17. um you know rory was was in the hunt which was was pretty exciting because i've been kind of paying attention you know most of the spring where rory's been there and not been able to seal the deal and you got john rom hitting in the water and then you got tommy fleetwood hitting in the water and um you got jim furick making a push it was um just all in all I think the most exciting golf tournament I've watched in a long time. That was probably, and albeit I wasn't a very active participant in the tournament, but it's the only time I can remember ever rooting for Jim Furyk to win a golf tournament. Like, I have no problem with Jim Furyk. He's fine. He's won a bunch. He's got a major, was a below average Ryder Cup captain. That's all good. But I've never wanted him to win a tournament, say, over Tiger or over Phil or over Ernie, any of his big contemporaries. But this is a situation where Furyk very unexpectedly made a huge charge. He's 48. No one, I mean, he, he still plays in the tour, but he's not contending. And he stuffs one to two feet on the 72nd hole to get the clubhouse lead and puts it on Rory. It was one of the more surprising things I've seen. And I was surprised at my reaction. I found myself cheering for Furyk. So, down the stretch, were you rooting for Rory to complete the charge, or did you want Furyk to hold on or maybe get it to a playoff? Well, it's kind of funny because going into the day, I was rooting for Rory. I think he's been having such a great season, and I just think it's a shame how so many people are kind of piling on that he hasn't gotten the wins when he's been in the top five and he's been in the final group every single week, which I think is harder to do than get one win and miss three cuts. So I, I was pulling for Rory in that sense. But then you look at the leaderboard, and it's Fleetwood and John Rahm and Rory and all these Ryder Cup guys. And then you got Furyk, the Ryder Cup captain for the United States. And I was like, oh, this would be so badass if Furyk can top all these guys and get the win. Uh, so I was definitely pumped up when Furyk made that birdie on the last hole. Um, and I, I, I would have been pretty happy if he went to a playoff or if Furyk got the win. But definitely happy for Rory, too. I just didn't want to see like Tommy Fleetwood or John Rahm win it. So this kind of puts us in a position where Rory is, I would imagine, the favorite to win at Augusta. Um, you know, it's 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 got to be him and it's got to be DJ at this point. Both are playing great golf. Let's early handicap it right now. I give you Rory, DJ, and uh, we'll throw in Tiger or the field at Augusta. Who do you take right now? Well, my head says the field just because... You know, that's a lot of guys. 
yeah, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of guys in the field. There's a lot of good players. Anything could happen. But, I mean, the way that Rory and DJ are playing, and, and Rory, like, he's just in the mix every single week. And I think he doesn't get enough credit. Maybe he does. But just to to have three really good rounds every week is, you know, which is basically what he's been doing, which is why he hasn't gotten the wins. But he's still to be in contention um, and, and to finally get this win to players. I just think he's he's going to be really hard to stop. Um, and then Dustin Johnson, the same thing. He's been he's been lights out. But you know, a Tiger, you know, it'd be fun to watch him win. But I, if, if I was putting my own money on it, Joe, I would probably take the field just just because of the numbers. I would take the field too. And as far as Rory and Augusta are concerned, the longer Rory goes without slipping on a green jacket, the more it's going to become a thing. And Rory is very candid, and he has said himself he wants to win the Masters more than any other tournament. Like, I think he was in contention at a major that was not the Masters, and he said that the Masters still would mean the most to him of any tournament. And it makes sense. It would complete the career Grand Slam. It arguably has the most prestige of any golf tournament, depending on where you're from. Maybe the British Open does or the U.S. Open does. But Or the PGA Championship. Well, perhaps, yes, the PGA Championship. <laughs> Come on, Joe. I know. I don't want to disparage your on, uh, employer, the PGA Championship. It's a fine major. So it's, it's, it's a lovely golf tournament. But Rory, the longer he goes, the more it becomes a thing. And he has some history there. And I just don't think we can look at Rory going into Augusta and treat it the same way as if, if this was three weeks ahead of the British and Rory was in this form, I would say he's far and away the favorite. But because of Rory's history with Augusta, I say he is one of the favorites. Does that make sense? Even though he's playing his best golf, because there's some sort of stigma associated with Rory and the Masters, I look at that tournament differently than I would other ones. I don't know. I see what you're saying, but I, I kind of think it's the opposite. I think because he's got that history, because he's got that drive, and now that he just got a similar monkey off his back that people have been piling on that he hasn't been able to seal the deal, and he's had all these chances, and now he himself in position and got the win this week i think he's kind of more um ready for more more geared up for being in that situation again where he's putting all this pressure on himself and uh, now he's ready to get it done so and I, I mean he's he's played really well at the masters i mean he was in the final group with patrick reed last year wasn't he he was and i still contend i'll never forget as soon as it happened i thought to myself he's not going to win this tournament on the second hole patrick reed is hitting it in the trees. Rory stuffs his second shot on the par five second to like four feet, four feet for Eagle. If he makes the putt, he'll have erased a three shot deficit in two holes. He misses the Eagle putt from four feet, taps in for birdie. And I just thought to myself, oh my God, he's not going to win this golf tournament. I still contend if he makes that putt, he wins the masters last year by five shots. You might be right. You might be right. I think he does. I Joe, I'll never forget the first time that Rory was in position to win the Masters before he mm -hmm. won any majors. And uh, I was at our friend Brian Romy's house, and we had played golf earlier in the afternoon. So we were watching it on tape delay. And <laughs> somebody came over and looked, and Rory was teeing off on the no. 10th hole. And he goes, he goes, oh, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but you're about to watch an epic meltdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rory had like a five-shot lead at this point. We're just like, oh, my God. So you had to successfully avoid all spoilers until 
that dingus walked in and said yeah, that. Some bro walked in and just completely took all the uh, suspense out of Rory's meltdown. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, why don't we Why don't we take a break and uh, we'll find out if I have any money left to bet with with the major season coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> all right. Joe, the other day I was sitting at my desk when a rep from walked into the office. And you know what he said? He asked me if I wanted any oh. And I said, no. <laughs> I play vice. Yeah. I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to stick with my vice golf balls. Vice balls, Joe, are just as good as any Titleist ball. They're just as good as any ball out there, but... They only cost about half as much. You go to vicegolf.com. You place your order. You use promo code Nick, N-I-C-K. You get free shipping anywhere in the United States. You save even more on top quality golf balls. Vicegolf.com, promo code Nick. All right, so Nick and I make a sheet of the things we're going to talk about on the program. And from time to time, Nick will put a thing, and I have no idea what it means. This is one of those times. Nick, what is the true spec fitting experience? Well, Joe, um, so true spec is a company, and this is not a promo for, for true spec, but they just happen to be a brand agnostic fitting company. So they've got centers, um, you know, Boston, LA, Phoenix, you know, the big, the major cities. Um, and they've got $20,000 launch monitors. They've got every shaft, every club head, every driver, every iron, every, you know, putter fitting. It's just a, it's just a very all-encompassing fitting center. Um, and I had the chance to go with my colleague who was getting fit and uh, kind of witness his whole fitting session from start to finish. And it was quite the experience. Now, I know a couple of years ago, did you get fit for a set of irons? I did. So what was, what was that like? Did they, did they have you on launch monitors? Were they reading like spin rates? Were they switching out shafts, all, all that stuff? Or was it, what was, what was that experience like? No, it was the full meal deal. Shout out Redtail out in Beaverton. Uh, they have a part of their driving range that is dedicated to instruction and club fitting and they get you up on the monitors. They basically, I just hit a five iron for like 90 minutes until they had it dialed in. And then they made me a bunch of clubs. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty similar to, to us. So I went to TrueSpec and my, my colleague was getting fit and he did a full bag fitting. So it was like a three and a half hour experience. And, and they just, they brought out like a buffet of shafts and like every different weight and every different, you know, and, and it was just, it was pretty incredible to watch them, you know, just kind of screw a different shaft on a different head and saying, okay, this one's a little heavier or it's going to get more spin or it's going to reduce spin. And in the matter of, you know, he's hitting basically three shots with every configuration and they're just dialing in and dialing in. It's like being at the eye doctor where they, where they kind of like put the new lens in front of you and ask you which one's better. And in the matter of, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, they, they added like, you know, 15, 20 yards onto his irons and 30 yards onto his driver. And this is a guy who's a low single digit handicap who came in there hitting his driver over 300. By the time he left, he's, he's hitting it over 350. And, uh, it was just, really kind of jaw dropping to to see how much gains there are for for players even players of high level who he was hitting a driver that was two years old that he was fit for but just to see that you can go in there and, and take a few swings and look at a few numbers and, and swap a few things out and uh and pick up 20 yards you're you're killing me buddy i 
I've been toying around with the idea of getting a new driver. Joe, because... tell us how the fans, your, your driver setup right now. What, what are you playing? How long have you had it? Okay. <laughs> how, long, how far are you hitting it? So I would actually call my driver. Where'd you get more... it? <laughs> I'll get to that. I would actually call my driver one of my more reliable clubs. <clears throat> By and large, I think I'm a pretty good driver of the golf ball. And, you know, I hit it pretty good. To, to, I, to, to back that up, you did win the long drive contest at the Corner Club Open with this stick, what, one or two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. So it definitely gets the job done, and I can work it both ways, and I know the club well enough to where it's tough to justify getting a new one. But I know ultimately I'm sacrificing legitimately like 35 to 50 yards off the tee because I still have this thing. I mean – I got it probably in 05, and <laughs> it was off the rack at Costco. Um, nothing is fit. It's just a tailor-made burner that I've just had in my bag for, God, almost 15 years now. And I hit it good enough where it's tough to think about finding a replacement and having to adjust to it. But at the end of the day, I know I'm giving up a lot of yardage by not getting something from the last you know five years at a minimum I and mean, you said your buddy it, it was what a, a two-year difference between his original driver and the one that he was swinging down there and he picked up 30 yards i mean that's, that's picked up 20 yards on a driver and this is a guy who was already hitting it over 330 so he left there hitting it like i think he had a couple over 250 um it's just it's just yeah, I mean, I mean, if you say, I mean, if you're if you're not if you're just playing casually, then no big deal. But you, you mentioned earlier you want to play in a couple of tournaments. It, it doesn't really make any sense to be <laughs> to be lugging around the uh, no. fifteen year old driver when you. I mean, I think you're making the point that I hit it good. Why change? But I think that's even more reason to change because you hit it good. Why not maximize? Why waste a good swing? Why waste being a good driver of the ball when that could be a huge advantage? If you were actually maximizing it, I mean, you're making a compelling point. I'm, I'm probably gonna zip down and uh, pick something up because I mean, look, we're getting in the golf throws, the, uh, the throws of the golf season pretty quick here. I mean, what? We're probably two weeks away. Well, for God's sakes, I'm, I'm, I'm looking outside. We're recording this. It's 5 p.m. in Portland, Oregon, right now. It's 70 degrees outside, Nick. Oh golf my God! Here. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh... I, I think I'm going to get myself a fitting here. I started a, a series of lessons, and one of the sessions is a is a is a club fitting, and uh, I'm going to take full advantage and see if uh, I can help myself a little bit there. So we'll see, Joe. I just think uh, after seeing it in person, it's one of those things where you look at the cost of a fitting, and not only the cost of the fitting, but then to buy new clubs, it's extremely expensive. But after witnessing it in person and seeing how much of a difference it makes, it's I don't know. There's no reason not to. Uh, are you going to try to do the full meal deal, the, all the clubs you're going to change? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I got the green light for my wife on that. So, uh, you know, I'd hate to pass that. I up, wasn't, wasn't going to ask. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'll see what the results are. You know what I mean? If, um, if there's a compelling reason to do it, then um, I should. Yeah, man. Let's get some new sticks. Let's get out there and do it. Get some shiny ones. Yeah, sounds like fun. Okay. What also sounds like fun is actually winning some of these bets. So I'm going to stall for a second while you add this up. Is that is that a deal? Yeah, that's a good deal. Mine's going to be easy. I only made one bet. Um, 
<laughs> I made one bet since we last recorded, and it wasn't on golf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where do you stand then? Well, first of all, for those that don't know the premise, set up set up the premise. We started with what two hundred and fifty fake American dollars. That's correct, and we could bet it however we chose, and uh, we want to see where we're going to end up at the end of the year. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all just kind of foreplay at this point, folks. I mean, we're just we're just kind of waiting for the major season to get started. I have probably gone a little bit too aggressive in the early going. Uh, I do have a bet floating out there for Karadesh Happy Barnrat at fifty to one to win a major this season. So watch out for him. He'll be the one ripping giant clouds of cotton at Augusta National. He's um, he's on the rise. By yeah, the way. man, I know he's 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 had a nice little golf season. I'm excited for it. So yeah. that's my bet that's lingering. I think I've won a couple, lost more than I won, but. Nick, I have to have some money left, don't I? Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to yours real quick. Well, real quick, I just I just updated my sheet, so okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just go gonna ahead. go over mine. Um, Joe, on Sunday morning, I uh, took Michigan State to beat Michigan in, in, in men's basketball. Michigan was favored by one when I looked at the spread. I think I think at tip off, Michigan State was favored by four, but uh, Michigan State covered. I put 25 fake dollars on that one, and I know I know I shouldn't be. Going outside the boundaries of the golf course, Joe, but I just, I just couldn't not do it. So uh, I hope you'll forgive me this time. Look, you saw a winner. <laughs> it, was a, it was. I like that the bet was against your favorite school because you knew they were going to lose to Michigan State. That's that's why I'll allow it. it, it exactly. Um, that brings my total up to one hundred and ninety dollars. Um, so that's where I'm at. You sent me an email with a couple screenshots of some bets, and I didn't happen to see if they're winners. I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull this email. They're up definitely right not. Now. Don't worry about that. They're not, they're not winners. Okay. Um, it's gonna take me a while to get to my email. I've had a lot. All right. I've had a lot of emails coming through. No, I got it. Okay. Um, you took Freddie. You took Freddie Jacobs just because he hit for you one time like eight years ago, Joe. That's a true statement. It's Freddie Jacobson, his only PGA Tour win. I bet on it, and I won money, so I have a special place in my heart for Freddie Jacobson. Lost, I saw that he was he was two shots years. back. I did lose money. He was two shots back at Bay Hill after 36, and I thought, what the hell? Let's go with Freddie, and I lost. Okay, so you lost 80 there. Hold on. I'm kind of like half-assing the sheet right now. But okay, I definitely did not put – wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did not put 80 bucks on Freddie. No, 20, 20, 80 okay. to 1. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that, that took you down to 125. And then the next one, Joe, Yeah. you put 50 on Sergio at plus 350 to finish in the top 20 at the players. Yeah. Did he pull a backdoor top 20? No, he did not. I Although he did have a good Sunday. I think he finished like 24th or something. Yeah, but I remember seeing him a couple of times. I will make that bet every day of the week. That's the one course Sergio is pretty consistent on is Sawgrass. He's won there. He lost at a playoff there. I think he has one other second place finish there. So Sergio plus 350 at the players. It wasn't a winner, but I feel like a winner for making the bet. Well, Joe... I don't know how much of a winner you're going to feel like when I tell you your total is down to 75 fake dollars. Oh, and we're not even in April yet. We haven't no. even had the first major. Maybe, maybe you, I got to. You got to be pulling for the barn rat, Joe. <laughs> what what tournament is this week? I, I might have to. Uh... Uh, the Valspar is this week. Then we got the oh, match God. play. That'll be a fun one to bet on. Uh, the, okay, we'll have to do some match play bets. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, wow, yeah, it's been a rough go for you. You have hit on a couple bets. I have. I've just been taking too big of a swing yeah. with, uh, 
some of these. So maybe I'll taper it down. I'll do some research before the match play. Maybe figure some stuff out. Um, I guess, gosh, Nick, post-match play might be a good time for our next episode because uh, Augusta National is right around the corner. I'm seeing more and more commercials on uh, on the TV for it. Yeah, Augusta's about to be the next big thing. The match will be fun. Tiger Woods is playing in it. Um, so that'll be fun. Maybe he'll maybe he'll advance, give us some thrills, some some Tiger moments, and then uh, yeah, the Masters. The Masters, it's going to happen. Congrats, by the way, to the Mickelsons for beating the rap on that college scandal. I really thought they were going to get dragged down. It is funny how Phil's name sort of pops up in all of these uh, white collar high profile <laughs> crimes. <laughs> He's always, he's always just kind of around these. Yeah, he does seem to linger around the uh, the insider trader information and the college admission scandals. He's just always on the fringe of those things, huh? God love him. He's the most exciting man to call. Oh, fair. Uh, do you have anything else, or should we uh, put a bow on it? That's, that's an episode of the Tour, as far as I'm concerned. All right, remember, promo code NICK, N-I-C-K, free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Get your hats, get your umbrellas. I tell you what, my Vice backpack gets me more compliments than any piece of clothing I own. Maybe that says what I'm like as a dresser, but I think it speaks more to the sleek style of the Vice backpack. Pick up one of those. Nick, we'll talk very soon. Good luck to Michigan in the tournament. Thanks, Joe. Good luck to uh, good luck to the Cougars in their head coaching search. <laughs> Maybe they can hit another home run like they did with Leach. Ernie Kent won 11 – okay, I'm not going to go into it. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on At The Turn. Bye, everybody.